Spoiler alert. This is a Dissecting Dexter podcast, reviewing Dexter Season 5. There will be plot information for Season 5, and possibly previous seasons. You have been warned. Hi, and welcome back to Dissecting Dexter, coming to you again from a very frozen Yorkshire. I'm Gareth Watkins, and when I spoke to you last week, we'd had a bit of snow, but it was still very cold, and now, a week on, we've had snow nearly every day. There's traffic chaos, public transport's all over the place, and I've had to work from home, which isn't all bad. I've got a 65-mile commute, and with the weather, it just hasn't been worth setting off, at least not if I've wanted to get to work on time. I've had a cold as well, so if I sound a bit nasal, that's why. But whinging over, let's talk some Dexter. Before we get into episode 10 in the beginning, we've got something to clear up from last time. Let's dip a quick toe into some... Listener feedback. Indeed. I was talking last week about the photos taken by Stan Liddy of Dexter and Lumen on the boat, dumping Cole Harmon's body parts in the ocean. The scene showed them on the boat then fading to Liddy, looking at the photos on his camera. On the podcast, I went into the whole Dexter's getting sloppy thing, dumping the body where he can be seen from the shore, and uh, going along the lines of, didn't he start to ditch them straight into the Gulf Stream after the Bay Harbour butcher business? All that. But I got some correspondence to put things straight. An email first from Javier Hernandez Melga from Canada. I hope I've pronounced your name right. He says, thanks for the show. I recently got my iPod Touch, so I've been discovering the wonderful world of podcasts. Your awesome voice and opinions really help to illuminate the Dexter story. However, I must point out a common misunderstanding that people have about the pictures that Liddy took of Dexter and Lumen. The pictures do not show Dexter and Lumen dumping things into the ocean. What they actually show is Dexter and Lumen loading luggage into the boat while the boat was still docked. I took some still images from Dexter Episode 8 for the various photographs that Liddy took of Dex and Lumen. The image descriptions appear on Liddy's camera display. And Javier then lists all the image details, the timestamps being around 9.18pm. And Javier also attaches all the screen caps that he took. And it goes on to say, if you look at the pictures, we see that in images 2 to 15, Dexter and Lumen are loading things into the boat and are clearly standing outside the boat. Image 21 was taken only about 24 seconds after image 14, so it's more reasonable, sorry, he says more more than reasonable to suppose that image 21 was taken when Dex and Lumen were still docked. I have also attached what Quinn sees in episode 9, and the photographs that Liddy shows Quinn are the same ones that Liddy was looking at in episode 8. More evidence. When Liddy talks to Quinn in episode 9, he says something about Dex doing stuff in his boat at 3am. He uses a word I don't understand. This does not match the timestamps on the photo, so I think he means that Dex came back with the boat at 3am. Also in the conversation with Quinn, he says, The point is, is when they came back, those bags were gone, so whatever they're hiding, it's something big. This seems to imply that Liddy only saw Dex load the bags into the boat, and then noticed when Dex and Lumen returned without them. Probably loaded the bags at around 9.19pm, then later returned around 3am. So thanks, Javier. You put in a lot of effort there, and I appreciate that. I also got an email from Roger Croy in Canada, who says, You will notice that Dex and Lumen were loading luggage onto the boat. Don't know why the editors, writers, director would leave that so unclear that the entire viewing audience would misread that scene. Weak storytelling for sure. Anyways... This makes a lot more sense and hope this helps and that you will share this with your audience. Thanks, Roger. So, yep, I was wrong. And while I certainly wasn't the only one, I'm the one making myself look silly in front of hundreds of listeners. I've played the scenes back and indeed Liddy did only have photos of Dexter and Lumen loading the boat and then seeing them return nearly six hours later with an empty boat. Surely six hours would be enough time for them to have got out to the Gulf Stream and back, so perhaps Dexter hasn't gotten sloppy like that, and still is dumping straight into the Gulf Stream. I've asked a couple of friends what they thought they saw, and they thought they saw the same, that Liddy had photos of Dexter and Lumen ditching the body in the sea. 
it certainly was a scene produced in an ambiguous way, or edited ambiguously. Although the Quinn-Liddy conversation in Quinn's apartment does make it clear that Liddy didn't know where the suitcases went or what was in them, so maybe I should pay a bit more attention. So thanks, Javier and Roger, for your emails and helping put things straight, at least for those who got it wrong, like me. Unless you want me to hunt you down, please email your feedback to dissectingdexter at gmail.com. Thank you. Right, with that cleared up, let's move on to this week's episode. We're really into the home stretch now, and the pace stayed steady with episode 10 this week, although there are still plenty of talking points. My review's coming up in a minute, but first I wanted to take the usual quick look at the ratings for this week. 2.5, 2.5 million viewers saw this week's episode, yet another increase, up from the 2.11 million the week before. That's a 43% increase from the season 5 premiere, and apparently the second highest rated episode ever. Now, I wonder if it's the Rita effect. People tuning in expecting a similar surprise at the end of this season. Whatever it is, clearly the audience at large is really enjoying the show at the moment. But bigger news than this, if you haven't already heard. The Hollywood Reporter ran a news item to say that Showtime is getting ready to announce a renewal for Dexter. That's right, a sixth season. It's all but official, apparently, so that's really great news, although I think ratings-wise, cancellation was about as likely as fish learning to talk. So now let the speculation begin as to where season six will take us, and will Lumen make it past this season's finale in one piece? So, season five, episode ten was called In the Beginning, written by Scott Reynolds and directed by Keith Gordon. Unlike many of the Dexter staff, Scott Reynolds hasn't journeyed too far, or too far outside of Dexter, but he's been on board the Dexter train since season two, first as a staff writer, a story editor, and now an executive story editor, whatever that means. <laughs> uh, Keith Gordon has been around for a few years, writing, directing, and even acting. He was in Jaws 2, of all things. He wrote and directed the 1992 Gary Sinise, Kevin Dillon, World War II film A Midnight Clear. He started directing on Dexter as far back as season one, episode 11, going on to direct a further eight episodes, by my reckoning, including three from season four, in which he is also credited as playing a certain Kyle Butler. OK, so that's enough preamble. Let's get dissecting. Obviously the big thing coming out of this episode was firstly Lumen making her first kill and then her and Dexter consummating their relationship. I was more surprised by one than I was the other. Can you guess which? I did think they'd probably get romantic at some point, but just not quite so soon. Indeed, I could have believed in their relationship completely if there'd been no romance at all, no physical romance. I think under the circumstances they could have been really good for each other without the hanky-panky and as one of our listener emails last week said, given what she's been through, multiple rapes and so on, you'd not think Lumen would be interested in sex anytime soon. But there you go, they just love to surprise us. But when they did show the love scene at the end, it was really nicely done. Very gentle but with Lumen being the instigator, which I suppose it had to be. You can question whether Dexter slept with someone else a bit soon after losing his wife, but you can't argue that these two have a very real connection on a unique level. Dexter perhaps realises that he can truly be himself with this woman and can't help but hurl himself headlong into it. Leading up to this, though, the story first saw Dexter hastily having the nanny get Harrison out of Dodge. No way did he want a repeat of what happened with Trinity. Someone questions the dedication of our super nanny in the feedback section, but basically raises an eyebrow at how far she'll go, driving all that way with the baby, presumably without the explanation of the danger he could be in. She just does it and seems happy to do so. But of course, Dexter's grateful that she does. Our heroes then go to the house of Emily Birch, and on the face of it, she seemed to be Jordan's gang's first victim, but obviously one who came out of it alive. The picture she painted of young Jordan Chase was of a, 
of a shy person, evidently damaged in his own way by something in his past. He didn't participate directly in the abuse. We also saw later further evidence of some issues when he moved away when Emily tried to touch him. That was a surprising scene. To see he's still very much involved with Emily Birch in some way. He's got some kind of hold on her. She too is damaged, of course, and we don't quite get a grasp on the exact nature of their relationship at this point. I did think Johnny Lee Miller was really good in that scene. I've enjoyed his performance as Jordan, but he showed new layers in that scene. Emily, of course, gave Lumen the name of the remaining abuser, Alex, and it seemed like Jordan was prepared to let him burn, knowing that the DNA evidence in the Barrel Girl case wouldn't implicate him personally, so when he tipped off the police about him, it was a win-win situation. If Dexter killed him, that's one less person to implicate him. If the police got there before Dexter could do it, Alex would be in the frame for his involvement, and possibly Dexter would be caught in the act and he'd be off Jordan's back. Obviously, you have to question how he treats his long-standing friends, but Jordan was in a bit of a fix, and self-preservation won the day. When Dexter and Lumen went to check out Alex's house, I did wonder for a moment if he'd been set up. Alex, that is. There were the items belonging to the victims all nicely laid out in a box, reminding me of Dexter's slide collection. I wondered if the box had been planted there, but then we find out later Alex was indeed involved. He didn't seem like a psycho or anything, though. Even on the kill table, he didn't go all aggressive and stuff. He tried to plead his case, saying Jordan put him up to it and how he can be very persuasive. Well, that may be, but did Jordan tell Alex to keep all those trophies? Alex, by the way, was played by Scott Grimes, who I recognised at once from the brilliant HBO World War II series Band of Brothers. He was also a child actor in the film Critters. I'm sure he's been in other stuff, but they're the two things off the top of my head. Uh, the preparation for the kill at the apartment was interesting. I enjoyed Lumen trying to get her outfit right. Quite a feminine thing to do, but I also think she was trying to impress Dexter in a, a professional kind of way. Dress appropriately. She's respecting his mode of operation and respecting his rules. She wanted to do things right by him, perhaps out of respect for how he's been helping her. I was a bit alarmed when they started looking through the knives and uh, we were shown the video footage being uh, fed back to Liddy's van. Jeez, I loved the look on his face when he saw the playback of Lumen practising her kill stroke. Jesus, if he didn't have any idea of what they were up to before, he sure has an inkling now. It seemed fairly clear to me that he was watching the playback and not a live feed. He didn't seem to have followed them to where they got hold of Alex, so I suspect when he saw the video, they'd already gone. Liddy, of course, sees all this as a way back into the police, resurrect his career somewhat, and maybe appear to be wanting to make amends for whatever bad stuff he's done. He's doing this, of course, without Quinn's support now, and I'm sure it'll lead to a further clash with him. Dexter still doesn't know this guy's onto him, so I do think it'll be Quinn who ends up doing the deed when the time comes to say goodbye to Liddy, as it surely must at some point. I'm enjoying the character, though, and Peter Weller's performance. I wouldn't mind at all if this plotline carried over into season six. If Liddy knows what's good for him, he'll make copies of any evidence and keep them somewhere safe, just in case something happens to him. However, I bet he hasn't yet. Maybe that's to come should he ever have to reveal his hand to Dexter or Quinn. So, <clears throat> the actual kill of Alex. Did anyone really think Dexter and Lumen were going to be in the same house as Deb and Quinn? Obviously they took Alex down in the house, but then transported him somewhere else. Didn't Jordan see that? You'd think he might have hung around in his car to watch the police arrive and any excitement that followed. I never expected Deb and Quinn to actually burst in on Dexter and Lumen doing the kill, so it did take away some of the tension of the moment, clearly constructed to make us think they were actually in danger of discovery. There's a voicemail later that talks about this a bit too. Lumen didn't seem to have much problem with killing Alex. I liked her prodding his forehead with an index finger, something straight out of some of Dexter's kills in the past. I liked her glance up at the photos of the victims as if she needed any reminder of why she wants to do this. You see the pain return to her face briefly. I did think she was going to straddle the guy, sort of almost mount him in a kind of sexual 
dominant position, but she didn't quite, and I guess she just needed a bit of uh, extra height to plunge the knife from. There was barely any hesitation as she made the kill, but then in the moment after, she screwed her eyes tightly shut. I wonder what she was thinking at that moment, because then when Dexter asked her if she was okay, she kind of smiled and said yes with a, I don't know, a hint, a, a mixture of relief and excitement in her voice. It was a, well, she didn't seem traumatised by it. She seemed to feel good about doing this, like it gave her the kind of release that Dexter used to get in years gone by. It was a huge moment for her. She's, she's crossed her line now, isn't she? She'd been, she'd been an accessory before, but now she too is a murderer. She and Dexter now share that, bound in blood. I love Dexter's voiceover when they get back to the apartment, indicating he realises now that Harry had him wrong, nurturing him as the monster he thought he was. How Harry steered him away from emotional connection, encouraging him to flee from it. It's really sad that all this time Dexter was just conditioned this way, when in fact, as I talked about last week, he was just a deeply traumatised and disturbed individual steered down a particular path at an impressionable age by by the person he admired and looked up to the most. He seems to realise that now. He did look a bit nervous as Lumen was removing his shirt, and did you notice how it didn't come off right away? It kind of stayed around his wrists, behind his back, almost, almost like he was bound or handcuffed. I'm sure that was deliberately done, and it was a nice touch. And when he kissed her forehead, for a moment... For a moment, I thought he was going to halt the proceedings then, kissing her forehead like that. I'll play the clip, the, uh, clip of Dexter's voiceover. I've edited it, though, removing the big pauses between his thoughts. Harry tried to mould me into the image of the monster he thought I was. He told me to flee human connection, so that became a way of life for me. But with Lumen... I'm someone different. In her eyes. I'm not a monster at all. I love that. It's a beautiful thing. His character has arrived at this point, and it maybe explains why he went to bed with her so soon. She makes him feel normal. And he embraces that. He can be himself with her without fear of recrimination. She seems to get him, understand him the first person ever to truly see him. The cynics among you will no doubt say this is now her death sentence, but I hope not. So, elsewhere in this episode, we had the parallel storyline of Deb and Quinn investigating the Barrel Girl case. Deb back in the fold, her detective status returned. It made it very interesting seeing them follow a similar trail to Dexter and Lehman. Examining Cole's house, finding Alex... It created a sense of tension to an extent, and I enjoyed how Deb put together her vigilante theory. She's good all right, and bang on the money, although she doesn't realise it yet. This is obviously going to pan out more over the final couple of episodes, but I'm not sure how they could identify Lumen herself unless something clicks with Quinn about Dexter's mystery woman and the things Liddy had uncovered. But he's already shown himself to be loyal to Deb now, even at the expense of his digging into Dexter through Liddy. And even when Liddy has discovered things of interest, he still wanted to drop it. Will he reach the point where he just can't anymore? So a great episode and another significant milestone in the life of Dexter Morgan. How long before he outright rejects his dark passenger? I'm looking forward to a confrontation with Harry. I think he needs to reject Harry and move on or, more importantly, reject Harry in order to be able to move on, whatever the vision of Harry actually is. And, to be honest, I know I delved into it a bit last week, but a little bit of mystery does this no harm at all. Listener feedback. Right, let's get straight into the first email. Writer Gal has written in again with another, another very insightful and detailed uh, analysis. Uh, she writes, Hi Gareth, just listened to your episode 9 podcast and wanted to respond to the question you threw out about what is Harry. But first, a couple of notes. First, the photos Liddy took were taken from the dock and they only showed Dex and Lumen loading suitcases onto the boat. 
yeah thanks for that uh, i should have um added your name to the uh, uh, the contributors at the beginning uh, those of you who uh, put me straight on that fact so uh, thank you um Ritergal goes on to say, I don't think Dex will or can kill Liddy because he doesn't fit the code, as far as we know. Sure, Quinn could kill him, but the more interesting choice would be Deb. Sign her up for some more counselling sessions. Smiley face. <laughs> and in finding out about Quinn's investigation of Dex, Deb has only skimmed the surface. She's really going to blow her top when she discovers that Quinn paid Liddy to tell t Dex, take photos, etc. I don't think she'll even care about what Liddy found out. She'll be much more enraged by those who dared to doubt her beloved brother, who's the only rock in her life. Florida has this stand-your-ground law, so if anyone, any time, makes you feel that you're in mortal danger, you can shoot him. Wouldn't be difficult to arrange that scenario. What is Harry? Fascinating question. In the early seasons, the flashbacks with Harry served mostly as backstory to fill us in on Dexter's history and to advance the plot, i.e. how the ice truck killer posed bodies to resemble Dex's old family photos. It's here where we do see that Harry assumed Dex was going to be a psychopath because of the trauma he endured. An aside, research has shown that psychopathic traits usually develop from unattached children in infancy i.e. children who do not bond to one consistent caregiver. They learn to shut down their emotions in order to avoid being hurt. Dex had a great mother, and his trauma didn't occur until age three. It was a huge trauma, but he should never have been considered a psychopath. Brian, on the other hand, might, as, might well have been an unattached child if Laura Moser was a drug user and irresponsible during the time of his infancy. But I digress. In later seasons, Harry appears and speaks as Dexter's conscience, reminding him that so-and-so doesn't fit the code or to be careful. He warns, he scolds, and we can clearly see that Harry is functioning as conscience or the thinking self, as opposed to the emotional self. But in last week's episode, when Harry told Dexter he was proud of him for sticking up for Aster, because if Harry had known Dex was capable of such actions, he might not have led him down that path. Well, that moment was huge. And how can a conscience voice a thought that is completely separate from the thinker's mind? I'm going to offer a theory, and it might sound a little far out. I'm basing it on a comment Dexter made in an earlier season. I forget the situation, but Dex said, Harry was the only god I worshipped. One of your readers wrote in and asked how Dex could have a progressive relationship with a dead person. And the question is valid, but I honestly believe that the series is written as though Harry is still with Dex in spirit, not a ghostly apparition, but as a spirit who lives inside of him and guides him, much as many of us believe that the spirit of God resides in us. I don't think Dexter would ever think of that relationship in theological terms, but I think it makes sense in how sometimes there is honest interaction between Dexter and dead Harry. That relationship continues to grow, and it's quite real to Dexter because Harry is part of him, and always with him. Harry created him. Created in inverted commas. Harry loved him. Right or wrong, Harry is Dexter's image of God. That's it. Thanks again for another great podcast. I look forward to the next one. So thanks very much, writer Gal, for emailing in again. Uh, your input is, uh, is I'm sure, of great interest to our readers and uh, me especially. Um, your your thoughts help um, help my own thought processes about about the show, and I appreciate that. Um, your theory about Harry, the nature of Harry, it's a good one. It is a good one. Um, probably, it's probably a question that will never maybe never fully know the answer to and as i said in my review a little mystery isn't a bad thing but you know it's fun to speculate um i've mentioned more than once that um harry could be dexter's dark passenger uh maybe that's too maybe saying that i'm oversimplifying things a little bit too much um he's more than that i'm sure he represents he represents that guiding light trying to uh keep Dexter on the on the path shall we say keep him undetected warning him to be careful scolding him when he's not and so on and I think in many respects that does represent the dark passenger but yeah he could be so much more than that and I like your idea that um in essence Harry is is with him in spirit but in a sort of purely internal way in his head um Devout Christians will say that that they they talk to God 
Um, and, and maybe the principle, I'm not saying Harry is God or, or comparing him to God in any way, shape or form. Let's not go down that road. But um, the principle could be the same for Dexter. So I like that theory. That's, that's a good one. Um, so thanks very much. A fascinating, uh, fascinating input as always. Next email comes from Beth in St. Paul, Minnesota who uh, just says, love the episode, I have a theory for the way this season will end. I wonder if Lumen will end up getting caught or blamed by Miami Metro for the killings of the men involved in the, ba- involved in the barrel murders. I think if this happened, Dexter would come out and confess to everything. So Lumen wasn't the one going to prison. Do you think if this happened, anyone would believe Dex? Thanks, Beth. Um, that's an interesting... That's an interesting one. Um... I think in light of uh, the the news in in the last 24 hours that season 6 is almost certain to to happen uh it, it's it's all been but officially announced by Showtime um I think that may shape the way we theorize about how the season will end um we still don't know whether Lumen will be back for season 6 so her survival from this season isn't assured yet um Deb and Quinn are obviously on the path, um, and they only need to make one or two minor connections to um, to identify Lumen as a possible suspect for the the this, this vigilante that uh, that Deb is uh, this theory that Deb has, and, and as I say, she's bang on the money with that, as we know. Um, if Dexter came out and, and confessed himself, he would obviously, if they didn't believe him he would obviously have a lot of details to um and knowledge about the killings to prove that um that he did it or was involved because obviously he'd have a lot of um he'd have a lot of knowledge to uh, well he'd know all the details wouldn't he and he could basically say give them any information they wanted about the killings just to prove the validity of his, of his claim um so i i don't know um but it's an interesting thought um it's, it, I don't know how this season's going to end. I really don't. And uh, it's always fun to uh, to speculate and theorise. And, and that's what this section's for. Um, next email. Louise Shaper. I hope I pronounced your surname right. From Melbourne, Australia. Hi, Gareth and listeners. I have silently agreed with some others who have written in as to where season five is taking us. The last episode cemented my ideas, and I'm sorry to say that this looks like the end of our beloved Dexter. Following the magnificent season four and the death of Rita, I presumed season five would focus on how Dexter copes with Rita's death and being a single dad. The first episode showed incredible emotion, more than I expected, but like other listeners, I was disappointed to see the kids quickly out of the show and felt that the writers weren't delving deep enough into exploring Dexter's grief. However, they have surprised me and instead turned the season to focus on acceptance. Lumen's name is no accident. Through the truly unique and powerful circumstances of their meeting, Dexter and Lumen have formed an intense and intimate bond. She accepts Dexter for everything he is, and the light of her acceptance, respect and love has contributed greatly to Dexter's self-acceptance and understanding of who he is. He isn't driven by the need to kill. He has killed only a few people this season, and none of them to fulfil the need like he did in earlier seasons. In fact, I wonder if what he perceived and felt his need was actually conditioned in him from a young age by the trauma of his mum's murder and by Harry. Dexter's focus is on protecting the people he cares for and being a good dad. With this self-acceptance and no longer driven by his dark passenger, I think this will be the final season of Dexter. It's going to be a tense and action-packed remaining two episodes, though. Dexter and Lumen will kill Chase. Liddy will be killed, maybe by Quinn, as others have suggested, before he alerts others as to what Dexter and Lumen have been doing. The Barrel Gold case will be pinned on all men and an unknown victim or vigilante for taking them out. I'm not confident Deb will discover the truth about Dexter. I don't think she needs to know, but this case has affected her, and her response indicates that if she were to discover Dexter's history, she may be more understanding than the Deb of previous seasons. Dexter and Lumen stay together. This isn't just my preferred ending, but I think fits well with what we have learnt about Dexter over the years, always seeking a higher level of understanding of who he is. Final comment, I thought Dexter and Lumen would end the season together, but I was surprised, but delighted to see them physically intimate in the final scene. Lumen and Dexter perhaps surprised themselves at how natural their connection felt. 
Fabulous performances by Styles and Hall in this last episode. Their faces said it all and the connection of their characters was completely believable. Thank you for creating this world for us to witness. Thanks, Louise. Grace email. Good to hear from you. Um, to address your points, I too thought we'd get more of uh, more specifics on how Dexter copes with Rita's death and being a single dad. And we've had... We've had moments of that through uh, through the season. Um, we had that acknowledgement, that admission from him last week that all he wants now is to be a good dad. Um, so he's really he's really getting them. And I guess I guess this season has been his healing process. I mean, it's not maybe not an obvious one to uh, to a lot of us who, who who have experienced grief of a close loved one. Um, but it's 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 Dexter's healing process. So. I think that's been okay. I think it's it's evolved into it's evolved into something else, evolved into the acceptance theme that you refer to. Um and I think that's okay. Let's see. Yeah, Dexter has killed only a few people this season, certainly not the body counts of previous years. Um although when he killed Boyd, Boyd Fowler, um that was that was going to be um to fulfil his need. It was only after that that he discovered what Boyd had uh, been up to and um, and obviously immediately after uh, we um, we were introduced to Lumen, weren't we? And, and Dexter then found out about the gang. There was another guy that he was he was setting up as a just a, a regular, well, I say regular, <laughs> a regular kill. Uh, it was the guy that um, he was going to kill in the RV that he hired and ended up throttling him with plastic and setting him up with Dan the Dentist, if you remember. Um, obviously, he wasn't able to kill him in his in his ritual like, like he wanted to. Uh, but completely, yeah, I, I think you're right to say what he perceived and felt his need was actually conditioned in him. I think that's right, and that's what Dexter's realising, that perhaps all these years, all this killing, perhaps it could have been avoidable. And... and that maybe is the tragedy about Dexter. Obviously, we know this isn't now going to be the, or more than likely, 99% certain isn't going to be the last season of Dexter. So um, we've got a whole other season to um, explore where he goes from here. And obviously, we, sorry, excuse me, we, we obviously still don't understand or know how this season's going to finish. It certainly is going to be a tense and action-packed remaining two episodes. I agree with some of your predictions. Dexter and Lehman will kill Jordan Chase. Um, yeah, probably Liddy will be killed, as much as I'm enjoying his character. Um, I think you could be right that uh, he will alert others as to what Dexter and Lehman have been doing. And maybe that'll be our end of season cliffhanger, taking us into next season where we've got this this issue, this sort of... Um, I want to say dichotomy, I don't know if that's the right word, um, with Dexter and Lumen um, trying to establish some kind of normalcy together, um, Dexter recovering from his dark passenger and getting his life on track, being a good single dad, albeit perhaps now with uh, Lumen by his side as a kind of surrogate mother um, of sorts. Uh, but at the same time, he'll have the problem of trying to prevent the truth from being uncovered. And I think that could well be the, the main arc for next season. Um, and that could be the ultimate tragedy, is that Dexter's, is Dexter's stopping killing, uh, rejecting his dark passenger, getting himself, getting his life on track, becoming normal. And at that point, being in danger of, of discovery more so than ever and and that could be the, that could be the final the final tragedy of the character i don't think it'll end well okay next email uh from constance in north dakota constance's emailed before and she's emailing this week she says greetings gareth it's freezing here in north dakota with a load of fresh snow sounds like it's pretty rough going over there too I just wanted to share a few thoughts on the recent episode. I'll start at the end. I was certain that Dexter and Lumen's relationship would become sexual at some point, and I was a bit worried about how it would be handled. But to my relief, it was handled beautifully, and I thought the last scene was perfect. Although the possibility of Lumen only being around for a short while longer hung heavy in my mind. 
Oh, how close Deb dances with the truth. Only a house away this week. I do wonder what Liddy will do with the damning new evidence he has on Dex and Lumen. So much to ponder, and only two episodes left. Very excited, and as always, Gareth, thanks for investing your time on the podcast. All the best, Constance. So thanks very much for emailing in again. Uh, good to hear from you. Um, it was indeed very nicely handled, the, the love scene at the end there. It was it was quite moving. Um, the show's doing that, doing that a lot to me this season, uh, moving me on an emotional level, uh, and that's good. I mean, I, through this podcast, I've become more invested in the characters as I've delved more deeply into the show outside simply watching it on a week-to-week basis and, and doing the rewatch podcast, going back to season one and seeing where it all began and how he was back then and where he is now. Um, it, it makes the situations now all the more... Well, they, they resonate all the more. I hope Lumen's not only around for a short while. Um, I would hope that uh, that Julia Stiles, as an actress, would would see where the the potential for exploring the character and the relationship with Dexter further, and um, will sign up for another season. Hopefully so. But I still I share your your worry that maybe she won't survive the season, and and I predicted previously in in the podcast that I didn't think she would survive the season. I, I hope that she will now. Okay, just to break the monotony of my voice droning on, let's jump to a voicemail I received this week from Travis in California, who has uh, has phoned in before, and uh, here he is. Hey, Gareth, this is Travis. Thought I'd leave my thoughts on this latest episode of Dexter, if you'll have them. Well, uh, you know, I feel like, for me, a lot of the goodwill that the season has been building up over these past few episodes uh, has kind of been lost. For me, you know, uh, you know, I hate to say it, but I just kind of, I kind of feel that way. Now, of course, there's the, the big thing with Dexter and Lumen finally consummating their relationship or whatever. I'll speak of that in a moment, but at first, I'd just like to make the small points as to why this episode just kind of disappointed me. So late in the season, I don't like to feel this way about an episode, but just, just some things just bugged me, just added up, you know, things like. I don't like Dexter being this Batman-style vigilante. I mean, it, I thought maybe I would or something, but it's just, he's, he's almost got this self-righteousness in what he's doing. He knows, oh, I'm taking out these bad guys. I'm helping people. I mean, that's all well and good, but that's not the Dexter I fell in love with. He never took pride in what he did, you know? I don't, I don't like that. You know, and he's got uh, Alex Tilden shaking in his boots, you know, going, afraid of his own shadow. He's freaking Batman, and not in a good way. That's, I've never thought I'd, I'd call somebody Batman and not have it be a compliment, but there you are. Uh, something else I don't like about this episode, uh, Lumen thinking she looks stupid. You know, she comes out in her, in her kill outfit saying, oh, I look stupid, just admit it, you know. I guess they're trying to set up some sort of awkward first date thing with them, but, I mean, you're going to kill somebody. If you do your job right, no one's going to see what you look like. I don't know, could this be one of the most sexist things the writers have ever written for somebody on the show? Lumen worried about how she looks when she's about to murder somebody in cold blood? Uh, I didn't like, uh, this super nanny's getting on my nerves. I mean, I, I, I used to accept, ex- uh, I used to accept that she was such a great nanny, but she's just going to drive two to three hours down to Orlando to, to drop this baby off for Dexter? Is there a reason why he can't do it? She just loves working for him so much. She'll do whatever he says. Uh, that little fake-out scene in the house where, you know, Deb's coming in with Quinn and you think Dexter's going to get caught in the house, I didn't feel any suspense because I knew he wasn't going to get caught. Uh, but, I mean, that scene like that is just cheap. They did a similar scene in season three when, you know, Miguel's coming into the house. He thinks he's going to join Dexter for the kill. When he comes into the house, the, kill, the room's empty, and you find out Dexter moved the kill somewhere else, and Dexter explains why, like, I don't want Miguel here right now. I don't want him here. Uh, in this, it's just cheap. There was no explanation. You even saw Dexter kind of confirm, like, yeah, we'll kill him in this house. And then they offer no explanation as to why they moved. I don't know. Kind of cheap. Uh, I don't like that. Uh, I also don't like that every scene I see with Dexter and Lumen is just a mirror of a scene I've seen with Lila or Miguel in the past. Uh, you know, I see something, I'm like, oh, that's like when uh, Dexter opened up to Lila. Or I see another scene where I'm like, Oh, that's like uh, when Dexter Miguel said this or that. I mean, it's just—it's so familiar and not in a good way. 
I don't want, you know, I thought the season was supposed to be different. You know, guilt can be a killer. I thought it was going to be so dark, taking places, but it's so familiar. It's just a rehash of old themes. And lastly, I'd like to just discuss Dexter and Lumen, you know, doing the nasty. Now, I'll admit, you know, a little bit of my American prudishness did come out where I was like, oh, you're going to have sex right here, right now? I didn't like that. But, you know, I'm trying to, you know, I know uh, I'm trying to get over that. But uh, just on top of that, I think them doing it that way isn't good. I don't like to see it happen because uh, I feel, weren't the kids supposed to be Dexter's salvation? They're treating it as though Lumen is Dexter's salvation, you know. I've always found fam- familial relationships more rewarding, more gratifying than romantic ones. Is this what Dexter needs? You know, he, he, Lumen seems to be steering him in the opposite direction of what his character arc has been for the past four seasons. You know, now he feels, oh, romantic love. I could, I could be in love or, you know, I don't know. It's so great that he doesn't have to fake emotions or whatever. Is that what he needs? He just needs to be a good dad. And, you know, he seemed to be fine with that. I don't know. Uh... And I I can't really defend Julia Stiles. I try to defend her, but her acting, I'm not I'm not totally convinced. As it is right now, I would not be bummed if Lumen died. Don't know if it's going to happen. This season's really got me guessing. I could give it that, but yeah, if Lumen died, I can't say I'd miss her. Anyway, I I don't want to leave too long a message. I probably already have. So. I hope I got my points across and I didn't sound like a, a complete jackass. Anyway, great podcast, man. I look forward to hearing what other people say. Man. I'll, I'll hear from you soon. Thanks. Wow. I'm surprised at the amount of negativity you're feeling. I'm sorry, mate, to hear you so down on where the show's at. You're bugged by Dexter's vigilanteism and <laughs> call him a, almost a bad Batman and... and that's understandable. It is a shift from the Dexter of old, but personally, I don't think this is the same Dexter we saw in seasons one to four. He's in a different place now. I think his eyes have been opened to what he really is and what he can be. He's not the same person. He's changing, becoming more like a normal human being. Some Dexter purists might be up in arms, wanting the old formula back, and that was fun at the time, but yeah, the character journey has moved on, I think. Remember the John Lithgow tweet we've referred to before on the podcast where he talked about a reimagining of the show and he looks to have been spot on, doesn't he? And I like it. Others may not. Um, but there we are. Uh, you didn't like the scene with Lumen trying on different kill clothes. I can see where you're coming from and on the one hand, the scene could have been unnecessary and silly, but in my review, I talked about why I thought it works, but yeah, that's just my opinion, of course, and we all enjoy different things in different ways. It's all good. You talked about the nanny, and you're right to question it. Obviously, we can understand Dex's urgency in wanting to get Harrison to safety, but yes, the nanny being so ready to drive all that way did seem a bit in- a bit convenient. I did previously predict that the nanny would have had a significant role to play this season, and it really is looking like I was wrong on that one. Um, maybe she's just served as a plot device. You're also right about the lack of real tension when they were killing Alex, and we were supposed to think Deb and Quinn were entering the same house. I don't know if that fooled anyone, certainly not you or me, it seems. It was, it was a cliched plot device that we've seen before in other shows, but... We didn't get any explanation why they switched locations, why they decided to set up the kill room somewhere else. Obviously it was a precaution, I would imagine, but what triggered that? Now, Dexter often kills in locations that have meaning to the victim or some relevance. And speaking of plot devices we've seen before, you feel much of the Lumen relationship um, we've seen before in previous seasons with the likes of Lila and Miguel. I can see why you say that, but I think the relationship with Lumen is quite different here. There are some occasionally similar conversations and moments, but the thing with Lumen is totally unique. Certainly for me, Dexter thought he had connections with Lila and Miguel, but quickly realised they were bad news. With Lumen, it is different. But thanks very much, Travis. I really appreciate you calling in again. It's good to hear from you, buddy, and... uh, Hope to hear from you maybe after the next episode when uh, I hope you're in a better place. Uh, Okay, moving on. Margaret from New England emails. She says, 
Hello. I hope this email finds you in time for your uh, podcast on episode 10. Normally I would have wished my first comment to be a voicemail, but A, I have way too much to say, and B, I know that I'd probably start speaking with a British accent, and I didn't want to embarrass myself, or you for that matter. Hey, Margaret, are you referring to my my accidental slip into an Australian accent a couple of weeks ago? Thanks for bringing that up. Uh, Margaret continues, I really should have written in earlier because I have a lot of pent-up commentary, so I may jump around a bit. Okay, point one. I was very disappointed when I first heard that Dexter and Lumen hooked up. I know it was building up, but I was hoping that Dexter would realise that being intimate with Lumen could potentially cloud his judgement more than it has already. However, my fiancé and I discussed why this really happened. To be fair, we've been seeing Dexter become progressively more human, and we've seen him act like a sex-driven male like Quinn, maybe, with... uh, Let me read that again. Sorry, I'm reading this live. (laughs) We've seen him act like a sex-driven man with Lila in season two, and then she's compared that to Quinn, maybe. Um, And, of course, Dexter was with Rita at that time. However, I don't think that Dexter and Lumen will last. What I'm really hoping for is Dexter waking up the next morning and accidentally calling Lumen Rita, or thinking for a second that Rita's still alive. I don't think it's a coincidence that Lumen and Rita are both blondes. Let's face it, despite his actions, Dexter is not quite over Rita yet. And we see that in his expressions when he's talking about it to Jordan Chase, and when he flashes to Rita in the bathtub when Lumen was taking a bath. He acted on impulse, but I doubt the relationship would last. Besides, in a profession such as Dexter's, Lumen would be at more of a risk than she already is. The only reason Rita was killed was because she was close to Dexter, and if he were to keep Lumen as an intimate interest, that would risk losing everything she has helped him with. Second point, going back to episode 9, it was a sweet moment when Dexter had the voiceover of wanting to be a good father. But for Dexter, being a father, let alone a good one, he really needed to have that moment with Asta. Let's face it, Harrison is too young to judge Dexter on his parenting abilities, and though we see him leaving late nights with with a nanny doing most of the work, Dexter always comes back and dotes on him when he's able to. Cody has always seen Dexter as a father figure, despite his going away late nights and not being there for Rita. Cody still wanted to be with Dexter when it came time to go. To them both, Dexter was a good father. Dexter just never came to that conclusion because you can't just ignore Asta. Even though she was just an angsty teenage girl who seemed like a hopeless cause, had Asta not existed, I think Dexter would have been closer to his goal of being normal. Despite what you all say about the actress playing Asta not being very strong, she was very necessary, and where my job is working with girls just like that character, it was quite convincing that she tried to grow up so quickly and just seemed so unattached. Point three. Harry is the dark passenger. First of all, I don't think that he's really the dark passenger for a few reasons. First of all, Harry was only introduced as a figure and not a flashback in, what, the third season? Something like that. But the Dark Passenger existed before that, so I doubt Harry's ghost-like appearance is is solely as that. That said, Harry is not a ghost either. I think that Harry is just a sort of conscience for Dexter that embodies voice in the back of the head, either doubting his actions or reaffirming his decisions, whether he's unsure. I'll just jump in there, Margaret. Uh, your, Your thoughts there pretty much echo what Writer Gal said earlier. Margaret continues... When Dexter went into Lumen's room a few episodes ago before their partnership, Harry appears to warn Dexter that Lumen does not appear to be a sane woman. Dexter's a smart guy. There's no way that he would have ignored that fact, so Harry was there to be rational. We saw this with the near mistake of the man with the ankle tracker on. Harry shows up when Dexter's just wrapped up in the kill. Again, with Dexter as careful as he was, that was bound to be a a thought in the back of his head. I could go on, but the point is that for a man who sees himself as a monster, it's important that we see Harry with these factoids and not just another Dexter. Would Dexter listen to Dexter? Who knows? But would Dexter listen to Harry? You bet. For a man who shaped the Dark Passenger into what it was, Harry is one of the few people that Dexter can really listen to. After Dexter beat up Barry, Harry came to say, I'm proud of you. So maybe that would have been something the actual Harry would have said but I really think that it was just Dexter's subconscious reaffirming his actions. Dexter's been so detached from the human experience, but not ignorant. So it wouldn't have been a Dexter voiceover to realise how far he's come. He needed to be Harry as that Jiminy Cricket to point that out. I hope this makes sense. 
Point four. As far as season six goes, there's no way that two episodes could satisfyingly wrap up season five as the final season. They'd have to slam on the emergency breaks. So I'm really counting on season six. Plus, I don't think that the writers will do their traditional bring on a guest star and kill them in a season bit, because it's predictable. We're all expecting it for the most part. If not as a major season six character, Lumen will at least survive this season and appear for a few episodes, maybe the first few, and then disappear in some fashion. That's what I'm thinking, at least. I know I have more, and I should stop now while I'm ahead. Two closing thoughts. A while ago, someone said that Dexter's die-die was possibly the worst written line for Dexter. I disagree. I still cringe at the line, I'm sorry for your loss. And every time I think of it, it just gets harder to realise that he actually said that to his own kids. Also, Writer Girl has a lot of great insights that I highly agree with, and I'm starting to think she's a writer for Dexter, who's just researching the fan base. Just saying... Best wishes in England from New England. Thanks, Margaret. That's a great email. Uh, I certainly don't mind you putting all these thoughts down in an email, and you're always welcome to send a voicemail. Uh, I, I, I'm aware that I do talk a lot in the podcast, and it is nice to have a voicemail to break the monotony of, of my own tones, shall we say. Just your point there about what could be the worst line. The I'm sorry for your loss line, that... That was toe-curling, but I think fit in with Dex's character of, that we've seen for a long time. Often when it really matters, he doesn't come out with the right things to say. And if he does, sometimes it's more by luck than uh, than through his intention. Um, I think that fits in with his character, but it oh, to say that to your own kids, it, own kids in, in, in a manner of speaking, it was it was an awful thing to say. So the uh, what is Harry debate goes on, and I welcome your thoughts. Um, I I think yeah, as I, as I talked about a few minutes ago, it's I think for me to label Harry as the dark passenger is oversimplifying things. Um, he's much more than that, and uh, and your thoughts there um, are perfectly plausible. Uh, so thanks for for adding to that um, that thought process of mine. I obviously need to. Need to redress my thoughts a little bit and, and give it a bit more give it a bit more brain time, I think. This is the Dissecting Dexter Podcast. Keep up to date with the show on Twitter. Follow at Dissect Dexter. You're going back to your first point about Dexter and Lumen hooking up. Yeah, you're absolutely right. We've seen Dexter progressively becoming more human, more normal. Um, and drifting away from his, his dark passenger. Um, the morning after, you predict uh, Dexter waking up and accidentally calling Lumen Rita. That could happen, and maybe we'll we'll get that. Maybe that's where the next episode will open. Um, obviously, we saw them kind of gazing into each other's eyes uh, in that sort of post-coital uh, bliss. <laughs> um, we'll see whether the morning after he'll wake up and... Uh, uh, have that moment where he, he puts his foot in it um, and, and calls Lumen Rita. We'll see. But I absolutely agree with you that um, Dex is not completely over Rita yet. Um, and it could still be some time. Uh, I, I don't think that precludes him from getting close to somebody else or simply uh, wanting to have sex with somebody else. I mean, Dexter isn't driven by sex. Um, he's driven by by other needs uh, as, as we've seen and as he's admitted um, but uh, I, I think um, I think it's all very plausible how it's how it's panned out and uh, I'm not going to knock him for that so thanks very much Margaret um, thanks for emailing in hope to hear from you again okay moving on finally we've uh, had a, a, a Twitter conversation with our good friend Matt Cook who um, I don't think we've heard from for a couple of weeks um, he just said he got chills when Lumen pressed her index finger into the middle of Alex's forehead and went kind of crazy on him. And he asks, did Dexter cut up the body with Lumen? Remember when he helped Miguel kill, he wouldn't let him be part of the de the uh, dismembering, saying how some things were just for him. I wonder if she helps. She had to know what they were throwing off the boat when Liddy saw them, but knowing what's in the bags and actually cutting them up are two different things. Not sure how I feel about them getting together. Very well done, but just seems really soon. Kind of cheapens the emotions he felt when Rita died. I'm definitely enjoying the last few episodes more than the first few. So thanks, Matt. Uh, yeah, 
I'm I enjoyed the premiere. I enjoyed the opening, and uh, and then I kind of I kind of fell off fell off it a bit um, over the following maybe three episodes or so before the season really started to shape up and we started to get a little bit of payoff and and real progression. Um, and as I became more fascinated in the relationship with Lumen. So I would agree the last few have been better than the first few, with the exception of the premiere. Um, and you talked about the dismembering. Uh, yeah, it's not clear at all whether Lumen helped with that. Um, you could say it's no job for a woman. Um, <laughs> uh, you don't, but you, you could. Uh, so I, I don't know. Maybe that will be addressed in due course. Um, uh, they certainly had the opportunity to address it with Cole, um, but they, they didn't, so we shall see. Next email is from Barry Kelly, who says, Hi Gareth, I really love the podcast, it's the best I've heard. I think you're definitely right that Lumen will have to go away at the end of the season, because Julia Stiles has a movie career, and because the show is called Dexter, not Dexter and Lumen. But I don't know if she can die, because Rita died last year, and that might be too repetitive and too cruel to Dexter. Also, it's obvious that Liddy can't survive and that Dexter can't kill him because of the code. I had always expected Quinn to do him in, but now I'm thinking it might make sense for Lumen to do it. We know she's capable of killing, and it would be fitting for her to protect Dexter in the end, after, she's, after he's done so much to protect her. This could be used as a means of arranging her exit from the show. My only concern about this theory is that Lumen killing Liddy might be too similar to season 2 when Lila killed Dokes. Just a thought. Thanks, Barry. That's an interesting and very, very plausible theory. Um, obviously, Lumen doesn't have the code to dictate to her who she can and can't kill. I mean, she's only just killed her first person, so um, you know there's still <laughs> there's still time to uh, establish what she's capable of. Um, but that's interesting. Travis, in his voicemail just now, talked about um, recycling of. of of events from previous seasons uh, I mentioned Lila so um, obviously the writers are well I don't want to say running out of ideas but maybe they're treading on some perhaps slightly too familiar territory with some of the things they're depicting this year um, so maybe it's not beyond the realms of possibility that Lumen will kill Liddy whether or not it is similar to Lila killing Dokes um, I mean, some things do... Life does have a habit of um, repeating itself, and, and, you know, some things can come around again. Um, lightning striking twice and all that sort of... All those clichés. Um, so, yeah, that, that could well happen. Good theory. Moving on, Paris Hardy in Alabama writes again, Wow, from the opening shots with Dexter holding Harrison, I knew this was going to be a big one. It was a very smart move on his part, getting his son out of harm's way and moving Lumen to his apartment. He's come a long way since the first of the season, hell, since the beginning of the series. Michael C. Hall and Julia Stiles' scenes together this episode were the best of the season. The scene when he gives her the gloves was priceless. I can't recall ever seeing him so giddy. When it wasn't over a kill table, it was a nice touch seeing him both excited and apprehensive about ushering her over the threshold of the Dark Passenger. Like he said, there's no coming back. Lumen's kill scene is arguably one of the most powerful of the series. Well written, well acted, incredibly heavy. I got chills. They're multiply... Sorry. With the revelation of Cole's DVDs, we enter a new level of disturbing evil with Jordan Chase at the centre. The scene where he's in the house of the group's first victim had me on the edge of my seat. Not since Trinity has a character creeped me out so. Something about Emily and Jordan's relationship is so incredibly dark and sinister, especially since they seem to be manipulating Dexter and Lumen. Add to this Liddy's installation of cameras in Dexter's apartment and Deb putting together major pieces of the puzzle. I don't see how Dexter's going to get out of this one unscathed. Amazing episode. I can't believe we only have two left. Thanks, Paris. Great email. You bring up something that I did omit from my review that um certainly disturbed me enough that I should have included should have included it. Um the whole business with the DVDs, that really disturbed me and just hearing the sounds 
I mean, we didn't we didn't really see anything of of the contents of the DVDs, and thank God for it because we just didn't need to. But the sounds alone were enough to send chills down my spine. Um, thoroughly disturbing. And what on earth? What was Lumen doing rewatching one? That oh, what on earth was she thinking? And really, I you got to question. Dexter giving her the DVD. I did like the scene where he he did the uh, the little switcheroo with Misuka and um, uh, inserted swapped the, uh, uh, the the damaged blank DVD for the real one. That was that was quite good. Um, but you've got to question the sanity of him giving Lumen uh, a DVD of the abuse that traumatised her so much. She's wanting to uh, wanting to kill people. Wow bizarre but um who said dexter was normal right <laughs> we know he wants to be and he's getting there but um he's not there yet not by a long shot yeah the the bit where he gives lehman the uh the gloves that did make me laugh it was um <laughs> it was like uh i don't know someone mentioned about i think it was travis in his voicemail about the first date thing with lehman trying on the kill clothes and uh, and dexter giving him the gloves all sort of um giddy yeah <laughs> it was almost like you know sort of sheepishly handing over handing a woman a, a bunch of flowers um yeah i like that bit yeah i i don't see <laughs> i don't see how dexter's going to uh, get out of this one too easily i mean we <laughs> of course he will won't he won't he <laughs> But, uh, it, I mean, that's the fun of the series, isn't it? That's the fun of the show, seeing Dexter in jeopardy and uh, seeing how he wriggles out of things. And uh, Well, we can but hope he, he will wriggle out of this one. But uh, it'll be a fun ride to see uh, how it all unfolds. So, thanks very much, everybody, who wrote in and phoned in this week. I always appreciate hearing from, uh, from you. Uh, if you want to get in touch with me, the email address is dissectingdexter at gmail.com. You can follow the show on Twitter at Dissect Dexter or my personal Twitter, which is at Gareth underscore UK and the voicemail, the, the listener voicemail lines in the US. It's 206-350-6166 and in the UK it's 0844-579-6949 and you enter mailbox ID 08320. Yeah, I'm just dying for another British caller to phone in. Go on. Next time on Dissecting Dexter. Well, with two hours of season five remaining, not a lot of time to wrap things up. Uh, but before we uh, uh, talk a little bit about the next episode, the usual spoiler warning, if you don't want to know anything about the next episode, anything at all, even episode title, skip forward about one minute and uh, you'll dodge anything remotely spoilery. Okay. Season 5, episode 11, is called Hopper Freighter. Hop a Freighter. Um, and the synopsis reads, Somebody outside the department is showing a vested interest in Dexter and Lumen's clandestine activities, forcing Dexter to engage in his own special kind of damage control. Deborah is zeroing in on the whereabouts of the missing barrel girl suspects, while Quinn is reticent about getting more deeply involved in a recent homicide. So the big thing for me there is that Obviously, Dexter discovers that his apartment is bugged. How he finds out, I don't know. Whether the uh, the video preview of the next episode reveals any more about that, I don't know. I, I don't watch them. Maybe I shouldn't read these. Uh, but I never got any uh, comments back, really, about whether uh, this coming soon segment uh, is, uh, is wanted or not. Uh, so until I hear otherwise, I'll, I'll just keep going. Because um, you can always jump over it if you, if you want to. Um... So I wonder what this, what Dexter's own special kind of damage control is going to be. Uh, whether he starts watching the Watcher, I don't know. But if he, if he's identifying Liddy, then maybe he's going to try and find a way of uh, justifying getting rid of him, or finding some other way of getting rid of him. And that's also intriguing about Deb um, getting closer to identifying uh, the missing Barrel Girl suspect. I presume this is referring to Lumen. Um, so. Obviously, the net is is drawing is drawing ever ever tighter around our our friends. Um, so it's 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 good stuff. I'm looking forward to it. Two episodes left. Can't believe it. This season has just flown by, and I don't know if it's because I'm podcasting about it or uh, 
or not, or some other reason. But um, okay, so that's Hopper Freighter, episode eleven. You're listening to Dissecting Dexter. Well, season five is drawing to a close. As I just said, only two hours of action left this year, and that makes me sad. Although, this season has been quite a ride. I think largely because I've had to maintain such a pace to get a podcast out each week, but it's kept me thinking about Dexter for most of the week. It's really helped enhance my own enjoyment of the show, though, and from the feedback I've been getting, it sounds like it's been helping some of you guys too, and that's fantastic. Just what I was aiming to do with this. I listen to a lot of podcasts myself, some about other TV shows, and they help me, enhancing my appreciation and enjoyment, supplementing it, as well as just giving me a fix in between episodes. Well, I should keep this end bit brief because I've broken the one hour mark this week, and I don't want to turn anyone off by going on for too long. That said, we did have some good feedback to go through, and I like to do those justice when you guys have gone to the effort of sending it in. But here's a thought. The feedback section was about half an hour this week, and last week actually. Would you guys prefer the feedback when it goes that long? Would you prefer it to be in a separate podcast, a kind of dedicated feedback episode? Personally, I like to hear what others think of my favourite shows, but not everyone may feel the same. Let me know what you think. straight opens up before us I still don't know how the season is going to end and that's good that's a good thing isn't it but I'm looking forward to a nice cliffhanger perhaps with a revelation about Dexter being revealed to Deb something like that well as the snow continues outside would you believe we have over a foot of snow out there now god I've not seen that kind of snow since I was a kid 30 odd years ago jeez I've had to work from home all week but I've seen a lot of the kids and my wife so it's been fun It's just my back's bloody aching from shoveling all that snow yesterday. Only for another three inches to fall last night. (laughs) What can you do? If you want to contact me, the email address is dissectingdexter at gmail.com. The listener lines very quickly. In the US, it's 206-350-6166. And in the UK, 0844-579-6949. And you enter mailbox ID 08320 when you're prompted. Okay, that's it from me. Thanks very much for listening and your continued support. As I say, it means a lot to me and encourages me. So um, thank you very much. Take care, guys. I'll speak to you next week when we'll dissect some more Dexter. (laughs) 